Welcome, everyone, to what is now the fourth episode of the Nickel and Dime podcast. I am Tyler Eaton, joined, as always, by Harrison Valk. We've got Casey Warner back with us. He's going to talk some Kentucky football after their big win over Mississippi State. He's also going to talk some Rams football and the rest of the NFL. Of course, you know we always talk about college football and the NFL here on the Nickel and Dime podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe to the channel. If you're listening from the Anchor app or whatever app you decided to go to from there, go ahead and drop a like, a follow, whatever they have, and make sure to share it with all your friends so they're not missing everything that's going on here on the Nickel and Dime podcast. Like I said, we're going to talk about UK football. We're going to talk about WKU picking up their first win of the season against Ball State. We're going to talk about the Tennessee Titans making a big statement against the Jacksonville Jaguars. We'll have natural selection, Harry's Heisman hopeful, some fantasy advice for you, and much, much more. But for now, let's dive into some college football. Saturday was huge for college football fans all across the country. I know you UK fans definitely had a fantastic weekend. Florida fans as well. You had a good weekend. Harrison, I know on that front, you probably had a pretty good weekend watching your Gators beat up on the Vols. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's always, it's always good to see the, the Gators uh, improve like that. I mean, I think after that UK loss, we definitely, Dan Mullen was like, okay, something's definitely up. <laughs> yeah. I, think, I, I know like Colorado State isn't really a challenge too, but we've definitely been working. Our, I, I could tell that our offense has definitely, definitely improved. I'm well, excited to see what we have left. A team that has definitely improved across the board. WKU, they picked up their first win of yes. the season. Go Tops. Yes beat Ball State 28 to 20 on the road oh a topsy-turvy game for sure it looked like oh, there at yeah. the end WKU was gonna let them back in it I, mm-hmm. I just had that feeling like you gotta win this one yeah this is I one that you have to I win was too yeah but like, I mean I actually may have I actually thought that they had a chance there I mean, the, yeah the I mean I thought they were going quarter. to win but then like that way that last drive went for Ball State the way they were driving down there I'd I was, I was a little bit yeah, I was a little, little, little nervous, about it. A little nervous. I was a yeah, little nervous yeah, about it, but yeah. WKU pulled out the win. Really shocking, though, was how Stephen Duncan was able to come in and play. Davis Shanley went out at halftime. No one's really sure about what happened to cause the injury. It was something in his throwing arm. They just ended up pulling him out of the game. But Harrison, when Duncan was in there, he looked a lot better than he did against Louisville. Yeah, yeah, he did. He did. Uh, I, d- I do think that he has a chance to... Because when you're thinking about when you think about like the quarterbacks at WKU, you're wondering like you, we've seen like all three of them play now. First, right. at first it was Eccles for the first two games. Then it was then it was uh, Shanley, 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 Davis thank Shanley. You, thank you, thank you. And now it's Stephen Duncan. Mm-hmm. And that raises the question: Who is going to be the starting quarterback yeah. for the rest of the season? It's a good question. And I personally, this is just me. I still think the best quarterback is yet to play. You've got four-star Kavars Thomas still sitting on the bench. You've got the three guys that have played, and then you've got Thomas sitting on the bench. I think he's probably the best of all of them. There's a reason that he was a four-star recruit coming in, and you've got that redshirt rule to where he can play in any four games, and you can put him out there. He can still redshirt this season. So, I mean, I don't think we're going to see him. I don't think it matters that I think he's the best quarterback or anything. But like you said, I think there's definitely a quarterback controversy right now on the Hill because against Louisville, Shanley looked awesome. Yeah. And yeah. now Duncan comes out against Ball State, and he looked great throw the and two gives, touchdown passes. Gives the, the tops their first win, which is all something that we always like to uh, see. Yeah, I mean, they, good we sat here and but. we discussed, can they win a game yeah. after the main game? Yeah, and then they yeah, had yeah. a great performance against Louisville. We figured they had a good shot at this one. They ended up winning it 28-20. to 20. Another big thing, though, for the tops, Harrison, the run game has really really developed since the beginning of the season this one the hilltoppers run for almost 200 yards once again as a team joshua samuel leading the charge and on the last drive for wku when they were on offense harrison i watched them drive straight down the field and joshua samuel put this team on his back and it looks like going forward the run game is actually going to be a key part of this offense i do too i do too and along with the of course the quarterback and the and and the running back like the two the two like good combos that Mm -hmm. make a good offense if if Stanford and the and the other coaches are able to find that formula or just whichever quarterback is suitable for that formula then I think they'll be able to find they'll be able to find the answer and they'll be able to win more games and hope and just improve their offense I mean, I mean in general Shanley was thought to be that option because he was thought to be the running quarterback yeah but yeah. then Duncan ran for 55 yards on Saturday so I mean who knows what's going to happen with this quarterback situation I mean what would you do Harrison who do you think that you would go with if all three were healthy 
putting you on the spot. Yes. Yes, you are. And it's a good question, too. I mean, I've never really had to, when you're talking about like football teams, I've never really had to decide between like all three quarterbacks. I mean, usually you don't. This is the only team in the country that has started three quarterbacks. Exactly. Exactly. You you usually see like one or two start. I mean, you never really see three. I can tell you it's definitely between Shanley and uh, Duncan. So no Eccles. Uh, yeah, and no, that's the, the crazy thing to think about that is that Eccles was the day one starter. Yeah, that is true. And now it seems like true. these other two guys have really stolen that from him. Yeah, they've kind of stolen the spotlight. Yeah, I mean, and Shanley, yeah. the redshirt freshman, redshirt sophomore only is Duncan. So both guys young at this point. And one thing to look out now, the Hilltoppers are one and three, but they're starting to go into conference play. And at this point, Harrison, uh, I've talked to some people about this. Mm-hmm. Do you think WKU has done enough at this point? to really try to come back and at the very least contend to become bowl eligible. Dang, Another Tyler, tough one. Dang, I'm hitting Tyler, you with the tough the, questions. I'm hitting you with the tough spot. ones. Yeah, I know. Yeah, dang. It's hard to think about because we, we're going now. We At the beginning of the season, it was, can they be bowl eligible? Yes. Then it switched. It is, can they win a game? And now we're back to, can they reach bowl eligibility? Because this team looks completely different than they did against Maine. This yeah, looks like did. a completely yeah. different football yeah. team. So do you think at this point, you don't have to look at it game by game, but do you think this is a team, I'll I'll, I'll rephrase, is this a team that is talented enough to reach bowl eligibility? I will say that there is some work that needs to be done, both in the offense and the defense, definitely to improve. And am I allowed to say I'm not really, I'm not exactly sure? No, I mean, you don't have to be sure. No, it's not a yes or no No, 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 I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm really not sure. I mean, I've seen like the schedule for the upcoming games and, I will be honest. I did think that ODU we were actually going to beat, but after that win that against game Virginia has completely Tech, flipped around. I, I texted Garrett Browning that I do Red Tail Radio right, with right, on ESPN, right, right. and I said that ODU game has completely flipped on its head. That, and he's like, I thought that was a win. Now I'm not sure at all. Exactly. I thought the exact same thing. They had a one percent chance of winning that game. It was like the biggest flip. And Virginia Tech is number thirteen ranked in the top twenty-five. Not anymore after that loss, but. I, I, I was just, I was like, really? ODU? I mean, <laughs> that's the, and that was their first win of the season, too. Yeah. They were 0-3. It was the biggest upset by an FBS team over an ACC team since Kentucky beat Louisville back when they had Lamar Jackson a few years ago. So oh, yeah. That was a huge upset, and like, like we said, that ODU game was thought to be a very winnable game for WKU, and when you look at the schedule, there was that one. There's the Charlotte game you look at and you say, okay, that's a pretty winnable yeah, game. Charlotte, Charlotte must be is a pretty winnable. Yeah, you've got UTEP yeah. at home on senior night. That one should be a pretty winnable game. Mm-hmm. UTEP hasn't won a game in I don't know how long. But other than that, this team is going to have to go out there and be able to win 50-50 games where it seems like both teams can win. And that's that seems like an issue this team. I don't know if they fixed it against Ball State, but it looks like they're learning how to win. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So and, if they can do that, then... Maybe they can reach bowl eligibility to build on that. I don't know, but yeah. as of right now, I'm, I don't. I don't want to say yes, and I don't want to say no. I, I just. I. I really. I, I just don't know. I just it's, don't know. It's plausible, but it it's is, not. Yes. It's not guaranteed. No. No. no so that's no, what we'll no, go with. No. We'll go with possible, but not guaranteed. Yes. How about that? I would like to see them in a bowl game too. Possible, I will say that. Possible, not probable. Yes, we'll right. go with that. But yep. another thing that we've touched on in the past, after the main game, everybody within 30 miles of here was calling for Mike Sanford's head. They wanted yeah. Sanford gone. Yeah. Then comes the Louisville there was, game. There was even some during the Louisville game, too. Even, yeah. I, I didn't understand that. I didn't There either. was not one no. person that expected no. WKU to win that no, game. No, it's never It's never one person's fault. It's like the, the, the whole team. It, it's, not, it's not one person's fault. Right. It's usually, I'm not saying it's the whole team's fault either. There are definitely some things that caused the team to to lose, but it's not just one person's mm-hmm. fault. There were, some, there, there were just some things that needed to be worked out there. So, I mean... We're, after this game against Ball State, we looked at Sanford. I personally said he's going to be here for the rest of the season. People wanted him gone directly after right, the main game. Right. People still wanted him gone after the Louisville game. Yeah. Do you think at this point he has locked up his job for, at the very least, the rest of this season? I, I think after that win against Ball State, I, I would say so. And you and I already talked about this last week. We said, like, you, you can never fire a coach after, like, the first two or three I mean, you, games of the technically season. Technically, you can. Well, yes. Well, yes, <laughs> but we but said I, it's not yes, going to happen. Exactly. Yet. Yes, exactly. Well, you can. But, yeah, I remember, yeah, I remember now. But, yeah, wait until the end of the season. See how your team has done and then make a decision a- after the season and see if you want him to come back or not. And if not, just find somebody else. All right. From one big team to another, we'll switch from WKU's first one of the season to UK's 
fourth win of the season to start out 4-0 from the red and white to the blue and white. Let's talk some big blue. Big Blue Nation spent Saturday celebrating. It was a rainy day in Lexington and all over the Commonwealth, but the Kentucky Wildcats moved to 4-0 on the season with a 28-7 win over Mississippi State. I'm joined now by Casey Warner. Casey, back once again. And Casey, once again, you were at the game, weren't you? Yes, sir. What was that experience like? I'm sure, once again, another awesome experience for you. Amazing experience, Tyler. And uh, like I was saying earlier, it was just a great fan base I did not expect to see the fan base support them that Mm -hmm. much in weather like that, and it definitely showed that the fan base has definitely turned a liking to Mark Stoops and definitely turned around in the right direction and uh, pouring down raid the whole game. Fans in ponchos, you know, bleachers soaking wet, everybody on their feet, loud crowd chanting, waving towels. I mean, I just I haven't seen the fan base like this since I've been alive, and it's it's very impressive to see that this team has has gained the support of the fans like this, and I'm very happy to see that as a UK fan. And uh, it seemed like from the outset of that game the Wildcats really seemed to dominate up front in particular those linebackers were incredible Josh Allen looks like a top 15 draft pick in the NFL draft the Wildcats only threw for 71 yards Terry Wilson did not have his best game by any measure but Benny Snell 165 yards on the ground and the Wildcats defense holds what was a dominant Mississippi State offense to only 56 yards on the ground as a team so Casey, I think the big question from people now is UK, they they enter the rankings. They're in at 17 right now. Where from here do the Wildcats go? Do they continue to trend upward? I've seen people say, believe it or not, that they are the number three team in the SEC right now. I don't know if I'd go that far because that had them over both Auburn and LSU. But where do you think this team goes from here? Is it top two in the SEC East? Is it legitimately contending with Georgia this season? Is it maybe trying to get into a New Year's Six Bowl? Because that's certainly possible. Where do you think they go from here? From here, I'd say the sky's the limit, Tyler. I mean, we have a team here that beat the number 14 ranked team in the nation 28 to 7 when absolutely nobody expected it and that's right yeah. and they're still not getting respect from from everybody i mean look at the spread for the south carolina game this saturday they're still underdogs by two and they're that at home was it's, ridiculous that I mean, blew I just, my mind i just don't understand i mean benny snow is starting to get a little bit of his dues you know he's kind of in people's heisman conversations now and uh a 28-7 win over the number 14 team in the nation when you're unranked i mean what more do you have to do it's just I think these guys are really going to come out there and shock the world, and I think that's what Mark Stoops is putting in their head. And uh, we're definitely going to see later in the season what they're made of. A game at Texas A&M is going to be that's huge, going to be huge, yep. huge for the season, and definitely welcoming Georgia to Kroger Field later in the season is going to be a big turning point in the season. They have all the games on the schedule that they need to prove everybody wrong, and I think they can do it. And I really think that this is a top three, top two, I mean, maybe even SEC East winning Kentucky team we see here if they continue to trend in the right direction like they have been. I mean, at this point in time, it looks like the game between Kentucky and Georgia is going to be the SEC East championship game. If Kentucky is able to handle handle their business against uh, South Carolina, even if they drop that game at Texas A&M, they would still control their own destiny with a win over Georgia. I don't know about top three team in the SEC. I don't know if I could put him over Auburn or LSU right now. As much as I've ripped on both of those teams in the past, I've not been the biggest fan of either of them. Because if you had to put the SEC in tiers, I think most people can agree on this, that Alabama and Georgia are their own. Of and course, if, and yeah. if you had to break that down even more, Alabama is on a tier of their entire they're they're on oh, a tier of their own over all of college agree. football but one guy that seems to be on a tier of his own right now is Benny Snell you touched on him in the Heisman conversation and I really wanted to see what your take on this because I am a firm believer that right now Benny Snell should be in the Heisman conversation for sure and I think for the rest of the season he is going to be there he's going to be a lock in that Heisman talk he definitely should be I agree with you completely Tyler he's He's just a monster right now. Is, I mean, yeah. there's, there's no other way around it. I mean, there was runs in a rainy, not sloppy because it's on turf, but I right. mean, a rainy, wet field at Kroger Field that he was just making unbelievable runs, making defenders miss, and he's he's just a bowling ball. He's not the quickest guy, but he do, he knows how to bulldoze over guys on that defense. And 
I mean, a defense like Mississippi State, if you're running over guys like that and making big runs against them, I mean, who can you not run against? Right. It's just he's he's showing so much heart and he's showing so much pride for Kentucky. There hasn't been a player we've seen in a long time that has that has this much heart and believes in himself like Benny Snell does. You know, a a two three star guy coming out of high school and and nobody expected this. He got playing time as a freshman, ran for a thousand yards, ran for a thousand yards again in his uh, sophomore season, and it's just we're seeing this guy explode into the the great runner I think he is and I think by the end of his career he's he's really going to be one of the greatest running backs in Kentucky history and he he definitely deserves to be in everybody's Heisman hopefuls this year already has the most rushing touchdowns I believe in UK history is correct. that correct, correct. Yep. most total touchdowns I think as well I think he beat Randall Cobb for that one on the season so far this year 540 yards on the ground already seven touchdowns to go along with that but last week Casey well not last week two weeks ago when you were on we discussed this Kentucky team and we said that we think it's reasonable to believe that this team could win 10 games. Correct, and I correct. really like, even as I said it, I had a hard time believing that. And our main thing for saying that was that if you win two of these three games against Mississippi State, South Carolina, and Texas A&M, they've done one of, they've already gotten one of them out of the way. So right now, do you think 10 wins could end up being an underestimate? I mean, it obviously could. Do you think that's a reasonable place to put our hopes or do you look at the schedule and say, maybe we should calm it down because you've still got at Missouri, you still host Vanderbilt, you go to a Tennessee team that is down this year for sure. It's not a Tennessee team of the past. That should be a win. And they're still at Louisville, which is a Louisville team, which is down as well. So do you think people might should pump the brakes or are you just all in on the Stoops train and you're all in on this season and this Kentucky team getting double digit wins? You know, being a Kentucky football fan is very hard. And uh, when when Kentucky has a season like this, I say you throw all, put all your eggs you, in you one basket. You go all in right yeah, now. Put, this put is all it. your eggs in one basket. You know, the saying is don't put all your eggs in one basket. But this year, I think Kentucky fans need to put all their eggs in one basket. The sky's the limit, like I was saying earlier. I mean, we just haven't seen a Kentucky football team like this since the Rich Brooks years. And even at that, they didn't show the promise that this team has. This team has a Heisman candidate, a quarterback that's only in his redshirt sophomore year, and the sky's the limit for him as well. He had a bad game against Mississippi State, but against Florida, he, he looked great. And I mean, it's just we have not seen a team like this in Kentucky football in a while. And I really think that realistically, 10 wins is realistic now. Mm -hmm. I mean, because we got Georgia, who's obviously going to be a very tough game, yep. and most people are expecting them to lose. I'd say the other most expected loss on that schedule is probably going to be at Texas A&M. Yep. That, that's a tough one. So that's two the two most realistic losses, I'd say. But besides that, all very winnable games. I mean, at Mizzou is going to be a tough game. They're, that is. They just pretty, hung with Georgia pretty well this Right, past right. Week. They're a pretty decent team. Uh, I mean, at Louisville, that's never a pushover. You know, rivalry, there's always good games no matter how good each team is. Uh, like Kentucky upsetting Lamar Jackson in the cards mm -hmm. two seasons ago. Nobody expected that. So, you know, never overlook any game on the schedule. But it really looks right and it really looks positive for the cats right now and i think fans just need to hold their heads high go to every game they can and have the right attitude because this is the year to have it i mean this is a lot like the kentucky team i think it was 06 07 sometime in there when they beat lsu they beat louisville they were in the top 10 and then they went to florida and it all went downhill from there that georgia game this year is going to be a lot like that florida game last year and before we move on to looking at what is going to be week five now already of college football which is insane wow. to think about at this point crazy this is a stat that I found that is just as crazy as that. This AP poll was the first time since 1957 that Duke and Kentucky, two basketball schools, <laughs> have been I ranked in the same AP poll. You want to know how many times it's happened in the basketball AP poll since then? How many? 547 oh, times. Oh, wow. Well, that's, that's not surprising 547 <laughs> times. That's crazy. But we're going to move on now to looking at the rest of of the college football world, particularly looking forward to week five. I mentioned Duke. They are in the rankings at number 22. They host Virginia Tech. The Hokies with a huge letdown game lose to Old Dominion, the biggest upset against an ACC team for an FBS opponent since I don't know how long it's been. I saw the stat somewhere. Me and Harrison touched on it. Um, some other games, undefeated Syracuse. They go to Clemson. That should be a game to watch for an upset. West Virginia, number 12 right now in the country. They go to Texas Tech. They're in the rankings now at number 25. Number four, Ohio State, goes to number nine, Penn State. That's one of the two big games this week that people are watching for. The other one, number seven, Stanford, versus number eight, Notre Dame. We talked about South Carolina going to Kentucky. Number 20, BYU. They go to number 11, Washington. Ole Miss goes to number five, LSU. And number 19, Oregon at 
number 24 Cal to round out this week. And Casey, I know that if I ask you which game you're going to like, that you're really, really going to be glued <laughs> to the TV for, I know which one you're going to say, but give me a game outside of that South Carolina Kentucky game that you are really looking forward to this week that you think could have either playoff implications or just, it could be one of the most important games moving forward going into the rest of the season. Out of those games you just mentioned, my most important game would definitely have to be Ohio State and Penn State. I'm not a huge Big Ten fan, not not a huge uh, fan of the game of football and how it's played in the Big Ten, but I think... <laughs> I think that that game is probably the earliest signs we're going to see a playoff implications happening. That's mm-hmm. definitely going to be a game that the AP is going to put on their schedule and look to see, you know, how much of a loss that means for each team. Penn State and Ohio State can definitely control their own destiny in the Big Ten. Whoever wins that game, I think, is going to be looking like they have the the title sewed up. Maybe in a sense, you know, Michigan's lingering around there. But those are definitely the two front runners, I'd say, in the Big Ten. And uh, after that game, we're definitely going to have more of a sense at who's going to stick around in the top five and who's going to kind of fall out. So I'm looking forward to see, you know, who comes out on top of that game. I mean, I feel like we've reached the point where you can really seriously look at games and say this has big time playoff implications. That game, I definitely agree, has those. The one I'm looking at, of course, I would say that one is right there. Of course, they're the two big games I touched on. I'm going to go with Stanford at Notre Dame. Reason being, I said earlier this year that if Notre Dame can finish their season with one loss, they're in the playoffs, but the more that I look at their schedule, the more that I think they might have to go undefeated because they play a very difficult schedule every single season on paper. This year, it's not panned out. Of course, they've got the Stanford game. Then they go to Virginia Tech, who just lost to Old Dominion. And then later in the season, they always bank on that USC game. USC looks, they don't look like the USC of the past. No. It looks like what we've gotten used to seeing, unfortunately, over the past few years before Darnold came in there. They kind of look like a mediocre team. I don't I don't know if that's the nicest way to describe it. They don't look great right now. And they also host Florida State, which coming into the season is one game that you would think is going to be a huge matchup. But Willie Taggart has not been able to get those guys going. So this game for Notre Dame might be their one big opportunity to get that one signature win to push them into the playoffs if they can finish the season out undefeated. I think they get in for sure if they go undefeated. But if they, get, if they have one loss and it's not this game and they have this win on their resume, I think they end up getting in. So be on the lookout for all of those games. Her- or not Harrison. Harrison's back there. <laughs> right, Casey, right. I know you'll be looking forward to the South Carolina-Kentucky game. I know you'll be glued to that TV. So give me one key for the Wildcats in that one if they want to come out with a win. I'll actually be there again, Tyler. Oh, but, uh, so you'll be yeah, yeah, okay. I'll be glued to that field. Yeah, but, uh, he has but, been yeah, at every oh, game. The one, the one key to the game, I have to say, against South Carolina would be uh, would be Terry Wilson. You know, I think everybody's going to really start to key in on Benny Snell, and even as much as they have, they haven't stopped him. But but Terry Wilson, I think, is going to have to bring it this game. You know, you don't see often in the SEC two games in a row where your quarterback has a game like he did against Mississippi State. So I think if if Terry Wilson has a game like he did against Mississippi State, they're not going to be as successful as they were. You know, the rain played a lot in that game. wasn't a very offensive game. But we're looking at good weather as far as I, I've seen so far for Saturday. So I think... Terry Wilson's really going to be the key to the game in that pass rush again. You know, if if Kentucky can get a good pass rush on the edge from from Josh Allen again, and if he plays like he did, then I just don't see how they can lose to South Carolina. I'm going to go Kentucky 28, South Carolina 21 tentatively right now in this one. Uh, But the key to the game, I'm definitely going to have to say, is Terry Wilson. Okay, odds makers right now in favor of South Carolina. We're both a little iffy on why that might be. Don't understand. But Casey, of course, going with the Cats in that one. Casey, thanks for joining us to talk about UK and the rest of college football. But don't go away. In a few minutes, you'll come back and talk some Rams and the rest of NFL with us. But for now, let's move on to Harry's Heisman hopefuls. Me and Casey, we talked about Benny Snell possibly being in there. But this is Harrison's time to give you his five guys right now that he's got in the tie five for the Heisman. So, Harrison, give us what you got, bud. All right. Uh, I am going to think of a number between one and ten. Give me a number, and that is the uh, number uh, one and five. And that's the number on my list uh, that, that I'll start off with. 
One in five. So not one in ten. One in five. Four. Four. Okay. Number four on here is Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins. Yes. yes the guy that yes. most people have at numero uno right yes, now. Yes, definitely. Definitely. He, uh, quarterback, as everybody knows, for Ohio State, 304 passing yards and five touchdowns against Tulane or Tulane. 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 Just Tulane making sure. Green just, Wave. I am just making sure. I am just making sure. He had a very, very good day. Uh, yeah, and uh, 1,194 passing yards and 16 touchdowns this season. That's if, pretty, that does, if, that does, if that doesn't make him a Heisman contender, I don't know what does. And we're, yeah, He's definitely in there for yeah, sure. Yeah, definitely. And his, his skills are definitely going to be put to the test when Ohio State takes on Penn State next week. That's one Next of those week. games that could be looked at, looked back upon if he ends up winning it as his big Heisman moment. This is the game where you've got an opportunity to create that. But give us another guy. Will Greer, quarterback Will Greer, for okay. West Virginia. We got to see him back after the previous week. We did not get to see him play due yep. to his game being canceled due to Hurricane Florence. But against uh, Texas, or no, not Texas Tech, Kansas State. Mm-hmm. Texas Tech is who they play next week. 356 passing yards and five touchdowns against Kansas State. That makes him have 1,117 passing yards and 14 touchdowns this season. And that's with one less game played than everybody else, too. <laughs> that's, that's, that's insane that's, to that's think good. about. That is good. That is good. And I also, this is definitely going to be a challenge because Texas Tech, like UK, Texas Tech is ranked now. Yeah, they just they, moved they are 25. The 25. They're only 25 yep. after, I believe that it was Oklahoma State, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Another upset, another upset. Okay, now I'm going to give you Kyler Murray for mm-hmm. Oklahoma. He had a bit of a struggle this he weekend. He did. That I team say. as a whole had a struggle. Yeah. I've watched yeah. some of that game, and Army had the most brilliant strategy I have ever seen. So their offense had this game plan to where they were able to orchestrate two drives in the second half that went over 10 minutes. Their entire game plan was not to let Oklahoma get their offense out on the field, that's, and it that's almost got plan. them to win. It almost it got was them to win. so close to having them pull off that upset. Brilliant strategy, but Murray and the Sooners ended up overcoming and getting that win in overtime over Army, one of Natalie's favorites, the Black Knights. But they take on Baylor next, so hopefully we'll be able to see uh, Kyler Murray do his thing and hopefully see Oklahoma improve. And for the season, he has thrown for 1,000. 28 passing yards and 11 touchdowns. Pretty good. Not Pretty too good. bad. Not too bad. Not too bad. All right. Now, two and five. Did you just want, did you just want <laughs> do to, I have to pick one of two just, and five? Just, just, just do. And then you don't have, this is the last time you get to pick, too, because the next time let you me don't tell, have to, Let me tell you. Because you only leave one left after you pick. So. If, um, if number two is not Tua, then I know that number five is Tua. So I know for a fact that one of these is Tua. So give me the one that's not Tua. Okay, that's uh, ju- that is uh, Justin Herbert, and <laughs> you are I'm right. Yeah. With all this Tua, Tua, Tua is Tua. number two. Tua is number two. Okay. Tua two. Tua two. So Justin Herbert is at number five. In oh my gosh, well, along with the ODU win, one of the most shocking games. In, shocking. No, I'm not trying. Well, I'm, I'm, shocking. Okay, you said not to use that joke anymore. But did you sh- see where Kelly, Kelly lost and can't beat Kelly? Someone beat her. Yes, she lost. I saw that yeah. on the story from Instagram. Yep. Shout anyway. out to Ben Davis and Kelly. Yep. Anyway. Justin Herbert uh, threw for 346 yards, only one touchdown against Sanford. But on the brighter side of things, Justin Herbert has thrown for 1,186 yards and 13 touchdowns this season. And they take on California next. Cal, old, that's a, yeah, that's a good California matchup. Cal ranked now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. And last, but definitely not least. Will Greer. We already said Will Greer. Well, I mean, but paid? usually he's last, but definitely not well, least. Yeah, well, he was last week. But, <laughs> I've I mean, just gotten used to it. This week, this week, it is Tua Tagovailoa. Did that I say is that the name closest right? you've gotten. Oh, Tua Tagovailoa. Gosh, I thought I was, you I, are okay. so close. I, was, I thought I was going to get it right this time. You are oh, well. so close. It's okay. You'll get it next it's week. It's okay. Definitely next week. Next, next week. As everybody knows, quarterback for Alabama, 387 passing yards, four touchdowns against Texas A&M. You can watch this game if you are a Bama fan, but it's going to be another blowout. They take on Louisiana next week. I didn't yeah. even know Louisiana. I, the only team, I thought LSU was Louisiana. <laughs> there's LSU, there's Louisiana Lafayette, there's Louisiana Tech, Monroe, Tech, Louisiana Tech. Tech. Yeah. Well, I know, but like as LSU is in like the only good team in Louisiana. Wow. <laughs> Wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. Shots fired at the state of Louisiana. <laughs> you got to go for the SEC. You got to go for the SEC. Outside of Baton Rouge. You got to go for bang, SEC. Bang, bang. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Anyway, <laughs> man. Uh, yeah, yeah. Those those are Harry's Heisman hopefuls, and I. This is a, also a little first. Not only asking you to pick numbers for me okay. as, as I randomly select, but I now have a first 
Harry Heisman hopeful honorable and honor- oh, is it Benny Snell? No, it's not. Wow. No, I'm just kidding. Wow. It, is, it is. It is. It is. Oh, it is. I was, that was sarcasm there, there. Yeah, yeah. I think if you guys, Ooh. I think you guys would think it would be pretty crazy if I didn't mention I this. I was but, like, oh my but goodness. You, you had mentioned this guy to me. I looked up his stats, and obvi- he's as obviously, as a Florida fan, I know it's very, very difficult for you to just grasp the fact that a Kentucky football player is closer to the Heisman Trophy than anyone on Florida's roster right now. I know that's tough. Well, yes, but <laughs> anyway. Over to enough about that. Over to the stats now. This season, 87 attempts, 540 yards, and seven touchdowns. That's pretty good for a running back. It is pretty good. That is pretty good. That is pretty good. And he is my honorable mention. I hope to see more of him because he's obviously helping Kentucky do really well this year. They're in the top 25 now. Yeah, yeah, number 17. We love Benny Snell. I know Casey in particular loves Benny Snell. He's fun to watch. He's a great football player. But those are Harry's Heisman hopefuls this week. We're going to transition from Harry and his Heisman hopefuls, very well thought out, very well calculated, to Natalie and natural selection. As always, it is now time for natural selection following Harry's Heisman hopefuls, the ultimate paradox. This is time for Natalie. You're back. Yeah, I am. You're back. Natural selection. She's going to pick the games based strictly off of the mascots. She is now seven and three overall in the season. Went three and two last week to back up a four and one first week for her. At least it was week two of the college football season. But Natalie, are you ready again? You ready to go at it again? Absolutely. I got a good feeling about this one. And I've had only mediocre feelings before. (laughs) So. All right, first matchup, the Arkansas Pine Bluff Golden Lions versus the Florida International Golden Panthers. So they're both golden, so right. no one gets a color advantage. No color one. advantages, at least for this matchup. All right, I was so fixated on the gold that I forgot. Was it Panthers? It's the Lions versus the Panthers. Lions versus Panthers. Okay, so Lions are usually pack hunters, you know, so they have really good teamwork skills. And my understanding is that Panthers are more like solitary. So okay. you get a bunch of them together. I'm not sure they're going to have that natural advantage that, uh, that a team of Lions that are already used to working together would get. So you're taking in the pack of lions i mean i want to say panthers because i think you panthers, want to yeah panthers are really cool but but i think based on my own logic i think that the lions have the advantage here okay golden lions take game one now the purdue boilermakers versus the nebraska Cornhuskers. excuse me are these real teams uh yeah the boilermakers that name is literally just they make boils is the definition, and then you, uh, corn huskers, they husk corn. Oh, yeah, I'm so, from the South. I've husked plenty of corn. <laughs> don't, don't you worry about so, that. So uh, that's what you've got to work with. Uh, so i got to say, husking corn is not really going to intimidate me. Okay. If you can make a boiler, then I bet you can use a boiler, and there's no telling what you can boil. One might even think you could boil some corn. Ah, okay. So I'm going to go with the boil boiler makers, okay, even that... though I really think they need to find a new name. So <laughs> so you don't like their name, but you're going to take them anyways? Just... I, I just, I think they're both very... You know, I'm going to change my stance. Both of those <laughs> are great names, and everyone else should change their names. I mean, how many Tiger teams do you have? That's like true. I mean, 15. you literally in your first week had to pick Tigers versus Tigers. I yeah, mean, it, yeah. there's so many. So she's taking the Boilermakers in the matchup of odd names. This next one, the Old Dominion Monarchs versus the East Carolina Pirates. Well, those are so you would think that Pirates would be the natural enemies of Monarchs, mm-hmm. but didn't like a lot of Monarchs like sponsor Pirates? Yeah, there. Their, I mean, there have been a lot of like cases. Buccaneers or something. Right. So I feel like. Are you taking a tie? Is that what I'm oh, hearing? No, no. <laughs> They're just gonna get on the field and be like, you know what? No, we both no. win. So you think, okay, the Monarch, he's got all this power, right? Mm-hmm. But if there are more than one of them, you know they're gonna disagree. Mm-hmm. They don't. They don't like each other. They're no vying for power. They use pirates to vie for power. And my thing is, a pirate is specializing in mutiny. I mean, mutiny number one source of using that word is basically piracy. So right. I think pirates in any day would have a any good, day a very good chance against a monarch, especially. So that sounds like East Carolina is a pure lock in this game (laughs) the other guys aren't even gonna score (laughs) okay so we've got a shutout for the pirates over the monarchs 
Now, <laughs> that'd be so messed up. This matchup, <laughs> this one might be a little bit of a personal pick. The Marshall Thundering Herd versus the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. Well, you're probably thinking it's personal because I go to Western. Right. right? So it's actually personal because there's this high school where I'm from called mm-hmm. Station Camp, and they had their team was also called the Thundering. Herd. Oh, okay. And so see, we always made fun of their name oh, okay. and called them the Thundering Turd. <laughs> so <laughs> with a name that that's that's that easy to make fun of, I I have a feeling their team is pretty lackluster. So I'm actually gonna go with WKU. Even though you're wearing green right now, usually that's their team color. Sometimes you like to go with that. Well, I wear green because I'm Irish. Okay. I'm but actually then, not. I'm not Irish. <laughs> you just think you're, you feel like you're Irish. It makes you feel Irish. I'm just getting in the spirit of things for <laughs> St. Patrick's Day, which is definitely coming up. All right. Half a year months. away. Yeah. Close enough. All right. This last one. This one. Um, oh, no, I feel it. like this is going to start being a regular just because you have a personal connection with this team. The Coastal no, Carolina Chanticleers right. versus the Troy Trojans. Troy Trojans. Two mythical figures. Yeah, that's deep. Um, yeah. Thanks. Remember so, what happened the last time you picked against the Chanticleers? I know. I'm, I don't really want to pick against them, so, but l- I will talk out my thought process okay. a little bit more. Trojans. Um, so Trojan War, they got they convinced the Greeks to uh, accept the gift of the horse, right? right? And uh, were able to, you know, enact violence upon yes. them. They have the skill of deception. But. But. They were only tricking human beings. Ah, human beings okay. who did not necessarily have magical intervention at that moment, although there are all kinds of gods mixed up in there somewhere, mm-hmm. for sure. But so I think that with the added element of the arcane, the Chanticleers can probably overpower a mere Trojan horse. Come on. <laughs> right. These the fairy roosters versus the horse. A wooden horse versus a fairy rooster. I yeah. mean, come on. Mm-hmm. So she's going with the Chanticleers once again. Natalie this week has the golden lions, right? Golden Lions, not the Golden Panthers, uh, even though you yeah. wanted the I Golden wanted Panthers. I wanted the Panthers, yeah. All right, she's got the Golden Lions, the boiler ma- Boilermakers, and the Cornhuskers <laughs> in the Battle of Lame Names. She's got the Pirates over the Monarchs in a shutout, the Hilltoppers <laughs> over the Thundering Herd, and then the Chanticleers over the Trojans. Natalie, thank you once again for joining us for Natural Selection. Once again, happy to be here. And with that, we'll move on from where all the athletes are begging to be paid to where most of the athletes probably get paid too much. Let's talk about the NFL. Another exciting week of NFL play now in the books. A lot of upsets for sure. That Bills-Vikings game takes the cake, of course. But another big upset, the Titans, favored to lose by 10 in Jacksonville, go down there to the Jaguars stadium and win that game 9-6, a very physical matchup, and the Titans seem to thrive in throws. But Harrison, did you see this coming? Because I did not. No, I did not get to see this coming. No, 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 no. It was very, very unexpected. And seeing how the Jaguars did last year and seeing how they've they've started doing this year uh, this year as well, I... I, I did not I thought the Titans were going to lose this game. Yeah, and now and now they are two and oh in the AFC South and they're the Mar- Mario's back and they did pretty well, I guess. No no touchdowns, but they managed to stop the Jaguars from stor- scoring some touchdowns. Yeah, I mean the, the defense for, was the story in this game for the Titans. Yes, was yes. able to limit what the Jaguars were able to do both in the air and on the ground. Of course it helps when Jacksonville doesn't have Leonard Fournette. That, that is true. Helps that a is bit. true. That definitely that definitely destabilizes the offense. Yeah, I mean, when you're missing yeah. your star and your franchise cornerstone, that hurts a little bit. But to the Titans' credit, they were able to take advantage. They did just enough to win the game, but just enough was not very good. It was pretty ugly to watch. Passing game was not very good for the Titans. Blaine Gabbert ended up getting injured. He got a concussion. Had to leave the game. The Titans in turn to Marcus Mariota, who is also injured. He's got an elbow injury. He came in. He threw for 100 yards, no touchdowns, but was able to get the job done. The Titans, as a team, ran for 150 yards. Mariota had over 50 of those, so that's what he was able to do to, I guess, help contribute to this win. The Titans actually just signed Austin Davis, who has been a backup for like five or six teams to come in there because of the quarterback situation. And Harrison, they are going to be in some serious trouble if either A, Mariota does not isn't able to come back from injury at at least 80 or 90% pretty soon, or B, 
somebody does not separate themselves because right now even a healthy Mariota has really not been enough to carry this team to victory unless they get defensive performances consistently like they did in that Jacksonville game. It sounds like with if Mariota is injured, it sounds like it's going to be another quarterback situation like WKU yeah. in a way. Yep. In a way. Yeah, yeah. But then again, Mariota did come off the bench and did uh lead the lead the Titans to three scoring drives mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter, which did help which did help them with the win. And it seems like it was just a, like like what I didn't I didn't watch the game, but mm-hmm. I did because I, I, I was watching the because honestly I don't literally like to watch a game where someone is not scoring <laughs> any any touchdowns. It was not like, the most watchable game. No, 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 no. Unfortunately, it wasn't. But they are they are, it, it does raise a big question now. That they're the Titans are two and zero right in the, in the division in, in the division in the division, and now both of them both of these teams are two and one right. So it raises a question. Who's going to come up on top on the, on the AFC South? The Jaguars. Still, I, I do you, not you, hesitate. You still, you still I do not. Jaguars. No, no, no. Okay. no. With okay. the healthy Leonard Fournette, the Jaguars are the best team in the division. But I mean, to the Titans' credit, the Texans were thought as the second best team in the division, and they beat them. Another ugly, ugly win. But the Titans were able to win that game, and now they go to Jacksonville and beat the division favorite. So it certainly says something. But at the end of the day, I just don't see them being able to. No. I mean, they can hang with Jacksonville, but a fully health and ja- fully healthy Jacksonville team is just on another level from the rest of that division. But now that you bring that up, do you think that the Titans could be a serious threat to win that AFC South? Or are you like me, and are you a firm believer that Jacksonville has pretty much still got a stranglehold on this division? I'm kind of thinking back to the question that you that uh that we uh, we asked each other a while ago. If the Titans are eligible for a wild card, if they, spot. yeah, you think if they yeah. compete, yeah, I, I, I do. Card? At this point, right now, I do believe that the ja- the Jaguars are at the top are going to win the AFC South. Mm-hmm. But I also believe that if the tit- if the Titans can f- figure out like what to do with Mariota and Derrick Henry, Taewon Taylor, the rest of that offense and that defense, just in general, I, I believe they have a chance at making the wild card. I mean, I'm looking at their. I'm also looking at their. Oh, never mind. I just lost their schedule. Hold on. Yeah, the, 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 well, they play the Eagles next. That'll definitely be a challenge. Carson Wentz is back and managed to put up a good fight against the Colts, or man, managed to like not lose to the Colts. But then they play, uh, I believe it's the Ravens, and then the Bills, and then the Chargers for like the night for like the for the remainder of October. And then after that, that that'll determine if they get the wild card spot or not. I mean, I think they're certainly going to have a shot at it. I mean, they could end up sneaking in there at the wild card. There aren't too many great options. Um, at this point, I think the Chargers are going to get one of those mm-hmm. just because it looks like the Chiefs are going to run away with the AFC West, and I still I still believe in my Chargers. I had them in the Super Bowl. Uh, I don't know if I can still believe that because this Chiefs team, just that offense is ridiculous, but I think they'll end up getting... I think the Chargers will end up getting a wild card. So I think that other spot could definitely be up for grabs, mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think they're going to end up... It's going to end up coming down to either them... And it could be the Dolphins. Yeah, the, the Dolphins Dol- are three and zero. They are good. Yeah, it yeah. could be the Patriots at the Do- if the Dolphins. Did you know somehow I'm sort of a Dolphins fan? Out. I mean, you're from Florida. Well, yes, yeah. That so I mean, I guess. My, and my grandfather was a big Miami okay. Fan, well, so, I mean, I, so. I, I could kind of. I could so I'm kind of. So I'm kind of supporting my Dolphins here. Okay. You, you would think I would go for like the the Buccaneers or the the Jaguars, but I, I do kind of like the Jaguars now that they've been doing well and they've been making yes, money for themselves. I like the team that's good. Yeah. I like the Warriors now that they I'm, have I'm the, the Marcus I'm, Cousins and Kevin Durant. I, I, they seem to be my favorite team. I, I am the bandwagon. I am going for the team that everybody is going for. You know. And you're so. a Florida Gators football fan. Yes. That's no, the bandwagon right now? That, that was sarcasm in that previous <laughs> okay. statement. Okay, Okay. Yeah. whatever. <laughs> anyways, anyways, anyway. So it's going to be, if the Dolphins somehow finish off the AFCs, they finish off the season and can win the division, then it's going to be d- down to them and the Patriots. And, I mean, who knows what's going on there? Brady does not look good at all. That defense as, looks terrible. As Bill Belichick said during the press conference, we need to do everything better, and boy, do they ever. I mean, the, I think they'll be okay. Yeah, they've I had, they've had worse yeah. starts. Yeah, they have. They have they had have. Tom Brady get injured in the preseason and had to stick with Matt Castle for an entire season, and they made the well no they missed the playoffs it could be one of those seasons they could go 11 and 5 and miss the playoffs who knows it's going to come down to that or a team in the AFC North either the Ravens or the Bengals or the Steelers whichever one does not win the division so it's going to be I love how you didn't mention the Browns no the Browns are not going to make the playoffs I don't care that (laughs) Baker Mayfield was great it was fantastic for them to win a game great I, I, I said last week I told you I said put it in stone the Browns are beating the Jets and at halftime, I was scared for my life because every time I say that, it does not happen. 
And then this week, Baker came through for me. Great, great move. And now and now he is the starter yes. for the Cleveland Browns. Thank yes. you, Hugh Jackson. Maybe there will be some improvements there. There should the, be. Yeah, there I should. don't know why Hugh Jackson didn't have him in before that point. I don't know what he was thinking. That kind of reflects pretty poorly on him mm-hmm. to not have the judgment to have him in there. But that's a completely different story. They got the win for me. They're not making the playoffs, though. No, they're, they're, not. they're not making no, the playoffs. No, 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 no. Um, maybe a couple more years. <laughs> but the Titans could. Yeah. The Titans, yeah. I think, have the potential to be a playoff team. But when you take a step further, if they if they make the playoffs, okay, let's say they are able to slip in there, whether they win the division, whether they get one of the wild card spot, spots. At the end of the day, Harrison, do you think this Titans team can legitimately contend with the best teams in the AFC? We saw them just beat the Jaguars. Not at full strength, but they beat the Jaguars. The Titans have a really good secondary. They've got Bayard back there. They've got Malcolm Butler. But can this team 100% legitimately? They don't have to... I'm not saying can they beat the best teams in the AFC, but can they put up a good fight if they were to meet some of the top teams in the playoffs? Say they get matched up with the Chiefs. Can they hang with the Chiefs? Say they get matched up with a Steelers team. Maybe the Steelers fix all their problems. They get matched up with the Steelers. Maybe they get matched up with... The Patriots, they figure everything out. Can this team hang with the top teams in the conference, which aren't as strong as they have been in the past? I think out of those three teams that you just named, I think the Chiefs are the strongest t- team. Yeah, the Chiefs right now, it's, yes. it's super crazy to think about this, but the Chiefs Uh-oh. seem to be by far the best team in the AFC. Yeah, definitely. Thank, thank you, Patrick Mahone, for, do, for, for doing that. And to, also, to answer, yeah, uh, to answer your question, from what I saw last week for this week of the NFL and just like just see how those teams have been doing, it seems like the Chiefs would be the only like the the only team they would probably lose to. They would okay. probably they would probably put up a good fight against the Steelers and the Patriots. Maybe lose against the Steelers. Because I'm I, not I, saying I, those teams are gonna yeah. win their division. Yeah, yeah, those yeah, are just yeah, yeah. The, the traditional division winners. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would, out of there. Yeah. I would think I don't really know. I don't really know. I mean, I'm not going to I'm going to say they would lose to the Chiefs. They would probably be the Steelers. The Patriots. I don't know. This is very similar to your stance on WKU being bowl eligible. Yes, I know. Like it's not impossible. They could, but it's not likely. Exactly. It's right in the middle. Yeah, it is right. It's right down the middle. This team so far this season has been right down the middle. There's been a lot of good. There's been a lot of bad. But right now, the Titans two and one so far this season and with that we'll bring Casey back now to talk about the rest of the NFL and look forward to week four already of the NFL regular season Casey Warner back with us now. We're going to talk about the Los Angeles Rams first. His favorite team, Casey, a Rams super fan. And right now, the Rams are off to a fantastic start to this season. They are off to an absolutely fantastic start. 3-0, riding high, number one in most websites. And uh, number one in most websites power rankings. And I believe it was a great game against the Chargers the other day. We saw that offense really open it up. All three receivers were involved, as we've seen in all three games. Jared Goff looked great, over 500 yards total offense, and it definitely looks like they're trending in the right direction. I mean, that that game right there, that Chargers-Rams game, I have that as my Super Bowl. I don't know if I'm going to be able to stick with that. I'm going to try to. I still like what I've seen from the Chargers, but the Rams that look like in that game were just the far superior team. And so far this season, they have looked like I'm not going to call them the Alabama of the NFL, but they have looked to be on another level of everybody that they've played so far this season, and they've played some really good teams. They have. They've played the Cardinals, the Chargers, and week one, I believe they played the Raiders. The Raiders. So, I mean, the Cardinals and the Raiders, you know, not exactly two powerful teams. Raiders were supposed to be good. The Raiders were thought to be a really good Thought to be really good. Harrison had them in the Super Bowl. Right. He had them in the Super Bowl. (laughs) As we see, that wasn't wasn't the brightest pick. But but nonetheless, you know, the Rams have definitely dominated thus far this year. And I'm very happy to see that. And I think, you know, the NFL is actually happy to see a Los Angeles team succeeding since they didn't have football for so long. And I think the Rams are definitely portraying that well this season. The offense is looking great as they did last season. The defense is looking dominant. They had a couple injuries this week that I think are going to bother them for some time. But they'll definitely build off that as they can. And I think they'll improve as the season goes on. You know, just a little personal thing. We look back on our Super Bowl picks. I think Harrison had the Raiders and the Eagles 
I believe, were his picks. I had the Rams and the Chargers. Whose would you rate as better right now? Just a hunch. I'm going to go with Tyler's. Thank I mean, you. I, Thank I, you. I don't know why. You know, the the Raiders, like we said, not not too good. I zero and three right now, and the Eagles are, are two and one or one and two. Uh, I think they're two and one now. Yeah. So I mean, the Eagles, you know, not so bad, but they're definitely not looking as strong as they did in the Super Bowl last season. But uh, Rams are definitely a lot of people's Super Bowl favorites right now. So Tyler, you're looking you're looking pretty well on that uh, preseason prediction for the Super Bowl. I just wanted to rub that in Harrison's face. My Chargers, <laughs> they're not looking as great. I think they're a better pick right now than the Raiders for sure though, just to uh, kind of dig it in a little bit. Yeah, but right now the Rams look to be a pretty safe bet for anybody in the Super Bowl. I think they just passed the Patriots to have the best odds of winning the Super Bowl, actually. And right now, when you look at the rest of the NFC, and if you look at the AFC with the Chiefs as well, but particularly talking about the Rams right now, is Los Angeles at this point in time a lock to at least make it to the conference championship? Right now, it's looking so. I mean, there's not a lot of very strong teams who have put themselves out front in the NFC other than the Rams. I mean, you got the Eagles, who are obviously the defending champs. So, I mean, I think you can definitely put them up there, of course. The Saints, they're looking very good again this season. So, I think you can definitely put them up there with Drew Brees looking as good as he is. I mean, he's just, he's ageless at this point. He's looking amazing. So, Saints, Eagles, Rams, those those are your three at the top right now. Other than that... Before this week, you could have maybe said the Vikings. Absolutely. But, but, I mean, not looking too good against the Bills this past Sunday. So, maybe maybe not as much anymore. Uh, maybe the Packers, they haven't looked all that great. But but the NFC, which was thought to be strong this preseason, is looking like there's maybe three teams that are front runners and definitely, definitely the Rams for the most part. I mean, last week I basically told Bills fans, like, hey, I'm sorry. I'm sorry if you're a Bills fan. You need to go root for another team. And now they come out here and do this? Like, I'm sorry if you're a Vikings fan. When you look at the Vikings like really closely, they should be really good. And in the first two weeks, they looked really good. And then they have this game and they just fall apart. And it seems like once again, you hate to judge a team this early in the season, but it looks like they're going to have another one of those seasons where they seem to have all the pieces, but they're just not going to be able to go all the way. And when you look at the rest of the NFC, you touched on the Saints. They might have the best offense in the NFC. The Rams are probably right there with them, but their defense isn't really good. We know that historically they haven't had a very good defense it seemed like last year their defense started to round into shape this year it has not been the case and you look at the Eagles they've got question marks with Wentz coming back from injury their defense hasn't looked particularly great the Rams just seem to be right now the most complete team in the NFL their offense you could say is the most balanced with Gurley and all those receivers and then their defense is probably just the easiest way to describe it the most talented defense in the NFL no doubt. I mean, like I was saying earlier, they did have a couple injuries that were concerning over the weekend. Aqib Tlaib had ankle surgery today. He's looking to be out for at a month tops, maybe. Uh, Marcus Peters, they're saying, could play Thursday against the Vikings, which will be huge, you know. So those are two concerning injuries, but as we said, you know, those were great signings in the offseason. Aaron Donald looking pretty good again this year. And Dan- and Dominican Sue looking pretty good this year. The defense has definitely got it all on paper, as does the offense. And we're definitely going to see Thursday who's going to be the front runner in the NFC with this matchup between the Vikings and the Rams. So I'm, I'm looking forward to watching that. That's going to be a huge game. Thursday night football, Vikings and the Rams. A lot of big matchups this week. One of those including Kansas City going to Denver for Monday night football. And the Chiefs right now. As good as the Rams have looked in the NFC, the Chiefs have looked almost that much more superior than the other teams in the AFC. Patrick Mahomes, Casey, 13 passing touchdowns through three games, an NFL record. And this makes me, I've seen a lot of people asking this question, so I thought I would ask you, is Patrick Mahomes the best young quarterback in the NFL right now? And you can define young, you know, 25 years or younger maybe, so you can throw, I think Carson Wentz fits in there, Deshaun Watson's in there. Jared Goff is the same age as Mahomes. Right, right. Would you go as far to say that right now, Patrick Mahomes is the best young quarterback in the NFL? As of right now, going into week four in the NFL, he is he's probably the best. I mean, how can you argue with 13 touchdowns? That's that's very impressive. You could say he's the best quarterback in the NFL you, right you now. You definitely I, could. I mean, I'm not saying that if I had to pick a quarterback on my team, I'm taking Patrick Mahomes. But numbers-wise, and just looking on the field and watching him play, He's been the best quarterback in the NFL this season. I mean, numbers don't lie, and, and definitely the most efficient to this point. 13 touchdowns and zero, that's right, zero interceptions. I don't know how often you can ever say through the first three games that a rookie NFL quarterback has thrown, well, not a rookie, but second year, his rookie season, basically. But 
a rookie quarterback has thrown zero interceptions in their first season starting. I mean, that's that's just unheard of. You can obviously throw the names like Wentz and Goff in there, and they're definitely strong contenders. But as of right now, Patrick Mahomes is looking like the strongest young quarterback in the NFL, and those numbers are definitely showing. I mean, I think Goff is the guy that I would put right up there with him. Uh, maybe Deshaun Watson pre-ACL injury, and then Carson right, right. Wentz, same thing with the ACL injury. I mean, he was looking... People forget he might have won the MVP last year if he didn't get injured. Carson Wentz. He very well may have. And, I mean, but right now, Patrick Mahomes is looking like the clear frontrunner for MVP. The guy that was somehow there with him, I still do not understand it. Ryan Fitzpatrick, he threw for three picks last night against Pittsburgh, but... I mean, he still looked pretty good. He threw for over 400 yards. He did. And I hate to give him props. I don't want to give him props because Ryan Fitzpatrick should not be good. But somehow, some way, he just continues to go out there and have solid performance after solid performance. The first quarterback in NFL history with three straight 400-yard games. That's impressive. I'm honestly <laughs> surprised that Drew Brees didn't already have that record as I many know. times as he's thrown for 400 yards. I mean, he goes for 4,000, 5,000 yards, it seems like, almost every season. So the fact that Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, Fitzmagic, was able oh, to break that record, was uh, that's that's pretty impressive. So I'd say they definitely need to ride his coattails a couple more weeks at least before they think about putting Jameis back in there. Yeah, he's coming back from suspension, and a lot of people are talking about Jameis coming in and starting immediately. And to me, that does not make any sense because Jameis did not look very good. Yeah, I don't he has hasn't had really a point in time where he looked like the franchise cornerstone quarterback that even I thought he would be coming out of college. He was a stud in college. He was. I, I knew he would be better than Mariota. I didn't think Mariota would be fantastic. He's been okay, but you're getting outplayed by Ryan Fitzpatrick, <laughs> and you're probably going to be replaced by Ryan Fitzpatrick. That is tough to handle, uh, but I got to give him credit, I guess. Ryan Fitzpatrick continues to roll. The Buccaneers, though, they ended up falling to the Pittsburgh Steelers, who ended up, this, this is great, the Steelers technically did not win a game this season until after the Browns did. That's correct. Technically. That's, that's pretty funny. I'm, I know a lot of Steelers fans, and I know that is going to sting at them. Same but here. Pittsburgh, they've got another big game coming up this week. They host Baltimore for Sunday Night Football. Some other big matchups. The undefeated Miami Dolphins get a chance to really prove themselves in the AFC East. They go to New England, and the Eagles play in Nashville against the Titans other than that Vikings-Rams matchup, I always have to put like a handicap on these because I know which one you want to pick, and I kind of want to just like make you branch out a bit because I know you know your stuff anyways. Other than that Vikings-Rams matchup Thursday night football, which matchup are you looking forward to the most this week? Definitely looking forward to Dolphins at Patriots. Really? That is a huge game. Yeah. I love to see the Dolphins 3-0. You love to see anybody that's on top of that division but the Patriots. <laughs> yeah. It just seems like a broken record season <laughs> after season at this point. And, I mean, it's it's really impressive to see what Adam Gase is doing with that roster. I mean, Tannehill looks good back this season. The offense looks great, and the defense looks exceptional as well. One of only three and three three and teams so far in the NFL this season, them, the Chiefs, and the Rams. And I really think if they can beat the Patriots this week in New England, they can definitely sew up, you know, total control of that division. And that would be very impressive from a team that we didn't think we'd see that much out of this season. And I'm really looking forward to that matchup in New England. Hopefully they can shut down Tom Brady and the Patriots. So another reason that I kind of handicapped you on that one is because when I asked that, when I asked that question, I really wanted to get to take the Vikings Rams game. <laughs> and I knew that you would take right, it if I right. didn't handicap you. But I really want to see that game because I want to see if the Vikings can bounce back from what can only be described as a disastrous performance for them I mean the Bills were just the consensus worst team in the NFL coming into week three now I think it's the Cardinals probably would be everybody's pick for worst team in the NFL but the Bills looked terrible the first two weeks and then Kirk Cousins come out two early fumbles let the Bills get a big lead early on Vikings unable to come back from it and now they're sitting in a position where they go to LA for Thursday night football with a matchup with the Rams the undefeated Los Angeles Rams a lot of people think they're the best team in the NFL. A lot of people's Super Bowl pick right now. So a big chance for them to prove themselves and put themselves back into that NFC title picture if they can pull out a win or at least compete with the Rams in that one. So with that, we'll move on to fantasy football. We'll bring Harrison back. But before we do, thank you, Casey, so much for joining us once again. And we look forward, as always, to having you back in the future. Thanks for having me, Tyler. Always a pleasure. Last week, my fantasy team fell to Harrison's. This week, though, we each had a little bit of a twist of fate. My team pulling out a huge victory. Harrison's Ooh. team falling in defeat. Harrison, what went wrong this week, dude? 
let me tell you, Tom Brady, for one thing. <laughs> let me tell you, you sound like me about to go off on my <laughs> let me players. Let me tell you something. Tom Brady, of course, definitely, of definitely course. screwed some things up. Only 7.5 points. Disappointing, Tom Brady. Uh, and t- really the only person that did good that I started was Todd Gurley. Okay, that, that I was, mean, every week Todd yeah, Gurley's going to be Yeah, yeah, I keep getting trades for him. I'm like, no, no, he is the person <laughs> that is keeping my fantasy team winning games right now. He's the only good player r- right now. Every other, every, you, you, you know how when you start a fantasy team, all the players that you have on the bench always do better than the players that, that you start? That it always happens. Exactly, and it happened to me. It, yeah, it, it always does. It always it happens. Does. I mean, yeah. I had Carson Wentz on my bench. I started Kirk Cousins. The only person on my team I have any complaints about this past week was Kirk Cousins. How do you only score 10 points against the Bills, my guy? I, I had, How do you let your team lose to the Bills, <laughs> my guy? What has to go wrong? My guy. I had I had Jared Goff and Andy Dalton on my bench, and they did. I Ooh. really, really wish I just switched it around. Maybe had Tom Brady on the bench, and had Jared Goff starting. So I had two of the uh, the players from the Ryan's offense starting. Oh well, though. Well, well, oh. I'll, I'll I will fix it for next Speaking week. Speaking of that Rams offense, I have a few of those guys in this week's fantasy rolls of the dice. Ooh, Last week tell. I did an okay job, except for telling you to start Kirk Cousins. Sorry about that. My bad. I thought he might do well against the Bills. My bad for thinking that. My bad for thinking that the Vikings' defense would do something against the Bills. Our bad. Our bad. <laughs> Our, Our bad. bad. Anyways, anyways, anyways. This week, we'll start out with the quarterback. Not going with Kirk Cousins again, obviously. I'm going to go with Andy Dalton. They play the Falcons, the Bengals do Atlanta. They've given up 300 yards back-to-back games. Of course, it was to Drew Brees and Cam Newton, so take what you will. But Andy Dalton's already thrown eight touchdown passes this season, including four against a pretty good Ravens defense, so I think that's a good matchup for him. And sticking with that matchup, I'm going with Giovanni Bernard again this week. I took him last week. He came through for you. He almost scored 20 points against the Panthers. Take him this week. Take him again. This is a banged-up Falcons defense. They're a little injured. I think they've got some injuries at linebacker safety as well. And they just gave up 34 points to Alvin Kamara, so take Giovanni Bernard, Andy Dalton. Anybody can get from that Bengals offense. Take them in that game. At wide receiver, though, we're going with Will Fuller against the Colts and this is all about the matchup that Colts defense is still not very good Will Fuller back-to-back 20 plus point games it's not over yet it is definitely not over yet he's going to put up a few against the Colts he might not get to 20 so I might be wrong but if he gets you between that 15 to 20 point range and you put him in your lineup you are welcome and then my extra flex this is when I get to the Rams Harrison any Rams wide receiver that you can start put him in your lineup this week I love those three guys Robert Woods Cooper Cup, I have Brandon Cooks on my team. Any of those guys that you can get in your starting lineup, if somebody's got them on the trade block for some reason, trade for them. If you've got them on your bench, change that. Put them in the starting lineup. They need to be in your lineup. Those guys are going to perform. I know they play the Vikings defense, but they haven't been that good this year. And I'm a little upset. <laughs> a little upset with the Vikings right now. So I am too. If the Bills can put up points on them, then I know for sure that the Rams can. So get any Rams players that you can in your lineup every week. Especially this week for sure, Harrison. You got a good bet with Todd Gurley this week, too. Oh, yeah. And I'm definitely switching out Tom Brady with Jared Goff. Tom Brady, you're going on my bench this week. I'm sorry, buddy. I'm sorry. Got got to throw Jared Goff in there. I'm benching Kirk Cousins, too. So I feel that that is your fantasy roll of the dice for this week. We're going to take one more break and then we'll be back with what not to watch for. Winding down here on the fourth edition of the Nickel and Dime podcast, we're down to our last segment, this week's What Nots to Watch For. Harrison, what do you want people not to watch for this week? Let me tell you something, Tyler. This what I have not to what I what I have not to watch for this week actually sets up for the next week and okay. then the week after. Okay. You wanna know why? Why? My what not to watch for is the Tennessee Volunteers. Oh my goodness. Yep. Listen, listen, listen here. Listen to who they play next, and listen to who they play the week after, and then the week after that. This is why it's probably it's probably going to stay like this for the next three weeks. I'm probably not going to change it. They play the, just listen to the teams. I don't know the exact order, but they play Auburn, uh huh, Georgia, uh huh. Do you want to guess the last one? Uh, Vama. Yes. Oh yes. no. Yes. <laughs> I just figured it had to keep getting worse, exactly. so that's where it had to go. Exactly. To. And they they didn't do. They lost to Florida. They lost to West Virginia. 
I just I just don't they're then they're gonna lose these next That's three the games. roughest three game stretch probably possible in college football. Yes, exactly. Probably. Okay, I, I like that one a lot. If yep. you're a Tennessee fan, watch I, out. I'm they sorry, I'm sorry, UT fans. I'm from Tennessee and I uh, so don't don't watch those games. Save yeah. yourself. Save yourself the pain. My what not to watch for this week is simple. Don't watch for anything to change in the NFL in terms of who the two best teams are. I think the Chiefs are going to come out on Monday night and send a huge statement against the Broncos. And I think on Thursday night, the Rams come out and just, they pretty much just put all the air out of the Vikings balloon, whatever was left after that atrocious Bills performance. That was terrible. You can't be a Super Bowl contender and lose the Bills by that much. So just don't watch for the Vikings to change any of that and don't watch for the Chiefs to stop the role that they've been on. That is this week's What Not to Watch For. For Harrison Valk, I'm Tyler Eaton. A huge thank you to Casey Warner for joining us once again and Natalie Turner for coming back for Natural Selection. Once again, if you're listening on YouTube, drop a like, subscribe, do whatever you can, share it with all your friends. We appreciate that. If you're listening on Anchor or whatever app it sends you to, like, follow, and share. Let your friends know what's going on here. We've got some great stuff going on here on the Nickel and Dime podcast. And with that, as Michael Scott would say, we'll catch you on the flippity flip. We'll be right back.